Knock, knock. Who's there? The Hapless Heroes! Welcome to another episode of the Hapless Heroes Podcast. In fact, the last episode of the Hapless Heroes Podcast of 2020. Joining me tonight is a fantastic cast of characters. You know them, you love them. They are Dave as Zero, Valen's Avatar of War. Good evening. Mike as Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. Who is knocking? Who is that knocking? Nicole as Boris the Butcher. I'm going to climb this damn cube. Phil as Hedrick the Entertainer. I'd be careful up there, Boris. It won't be there forever. And John as Lord Jarrell the Light. Is someone going to get to the door? So, um, last time on the show, you guys had defeated the doppelganger of Jarrell for a second time. And... Hedrick had trapped an injured uh, Archcleric Bronson, or, you know, what you guys at least knew to be Archcleric Bronson, in a force cage in the middle of combat. And instead of finding a way out of there or just waiting his time out in the one hour that it would exist in the world, he instead was passed a save and transported himself to potentially another plane of existence and has disappeared. The headless corpse of Dapple Jarrell lays on the floor and there you know you guys are at the top floor of the spire in uh, High Rock and during the middle of a short rest you know and waiting out the time on the forest cage because there's still about 30 minutes left on that to be able to examine the orb that was on top of that race platform that uh, Bronson seemed to have been manipulating to do lots of magical things um, there's a frantic knocking happening at the chamber door. And I feel like I flip-flopped on this a lot as far as whether or not this door handle has a knob, and I keep forgetting uh, it does not have a knob. Uh, so we're going to open back up into the room. Um, one, th- one thing I'm going to have you guys notice, in addition to the knocking at the door, um, you know, there's there's some... Some, some things happening uh, in the room. Would you mind uh, everybody just making me some perception checks? Natural 20. Dog it. 15. 21. Nat 20. Wow. <laughs> Apparently Jarrell's the only one not paying attention. Go figure. Well, what you notice, then, most of you at least, is that the hand has gone missing again at some point. 
during all the, you know, chaos and also the short resting time um, from the Dapple Jarrell's corpse. In addition to that, the head that was removed from its body before then its top half was also removed from its lower half by Jarrell. Um, its face is not Jarrell's anymore. In fact, it's you can see it almost like still changing before your very eyes even though it's dead. And now the face inside that helmet appears to resemble the arch cleric Bronson. Bullshit. In addition to that, um, above you, you know, there's no longer that, you know, starry, sort of swirly, you know, projection that was happening before that Bronson seemed to have been creating and commanding. It's now just, you can see the rafters, right? And some of the, the higher windows where, like, the bells are in the spire. And, um, there's, a, you know, ravens perched on some of the rafters once more. The knocking continues. Uh, hold, hold there, fellas. Uh, somebody grab that head. Uh, I suppose Jarrell will go and pick up the head, not I'm knowing um, that it doesn't look like him anymore. It looks like Bronson. Um, and he will be shocked to see that. Uh, what should we do with this? Do we still have the second helmet? Second helm? Like the yeah. doppelganger's um, helm? Boris was so, wearing it. Boris was trying to wear it, yes. I, I, I believe I did successfully briefly wear it, but I took mm -hmm. it off. It's too heavy for your head, yeah. Like yeah. sitting on the ground, like, you know, three steps from where I started wearing it. Clearly... This is not Bronson's head, but whoever is coming through that door cannot see his face. Or any other incriminating faces it might turn into. Who knows what the hell this thing is? Um, Jarrell will use Divine Sense again. Yeah, nothing alive. Yeah, no no fiends or undead or anything like that that you can that you can detect um, that are alive. Zero makes his best approximation of a sigh. With as many people as we killed, you'd think we'd be better about hiding bodies. Forrest pulls out a disguise kit and quickly draws a mustache on the face. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, okay, that happens. Hedrick would at least want to grab a bandana from his costume kit and try to, like, shroud it in some fashion, wrap it up. Which, the face? The head? Yeah, the head. Yes, this doesn't make us look guilty at all. <laughs> now, hold on. Boris hid, like, giant potato sacks in her outfit. Uh, Boris, is there any way that you could dispose of this quickly? While that's going on, Zero is going to go towards the other side of the door and, um... Hmm. 
Seems we're having a little bit of difficulty operating the door. Once we can get this uh, thing figured out, uh, we'll be right with you. Or hey, talk it out. You, you, okay, so you, you said you pull open a pocket? Yep, like I, Boris stretches a pocket out way further than you would need to to drop a head in and just like holds it in the direction of the head. Oh my god. Okay. Just the head. Just the head. <laughs> Does someone put the head inside of... Yeah, if, Hedrick, if Hedrick's holding it, he wrapped it up and then she holds a pocket open and he just plops it right in there. Okay, you now are in possession of the severed head of the doppel. Which is a fake mustache and is wrapped in a bandana, if I understand correctly. Yes. Seeing that, um, is there a visible way to open the door from this side? No. Fair enough. It helps when Zero isn't lying. <laughs> he is so bad at it. And then you can hear further, you know, like that some voices from the other side of the door now saying, like, Arch Cleric, Bronson, we are, are you are you okay? Is everything going all right up there? Arch Cleric, you there? Yeah. Whoever was speaking before. Yeah. Where is the Arch Cleric? It's a great question, and I don't have a great answer for you. That's it. Men, grab the battering ram! Oh, great. And there's a shuffle of footsteps. Why don't we have a battering ram? <laughs> When's the last time we've needed one? <laughs> I don't know. Shit, it's cool. Yes. Uh, so, seriously though, we still got some time on this on this force cage, and these fellas are gonna want to come in. Jabrell, isn't there anything you can say? I mean, is is that magic field still occurring throughout the spire? Where do we even think that asshole went? Um, Jarrell really doesn't know what to say and is trying to think of what he's going to tell them when they come in. Um, there's really no good answer. Well, I don't feel like I'm ready to start whooping ass on these guards and I surely don't want them to, uh, you know, take care of us either. So we have to do something. We have to at least tell them something or we have to be able to get our asses out of here. The only thing I can think of is to tell them the truth, but who would believe it? Mm -hmm. Well, I suppose we uh, start with the truth, and uh, we can just tell them the facts as they are, and they can neither deal with it or not. As it occurs to me, we may be a difficult group to arrest. Never stopped anyone before. <laughs> a lot of people who have tried to arrest us for various things. They might not have had uh, legal authority, but um, turns out, um, well, you've been around this world long enough to know that uh, in most cases, might makes right. 
you hear another familiar voice from outside of the door. Sounds like um, Shelly from just outside of Pyron. Yeah. And you, and you hear her uh, saying, you know, it appears that the ward has been removed from the door. Open it with, with, with haste. Who knows what these blasphemers may have done? Um, I knew it was too good to be true with them spinning their tales of being holy. Jarrell still in the company of ruffians. Just no, look at the bodies not... here. Just look at the bodies on the floor before. Many sleeping, affected by vile magics. She's like shouting at some people from behind the door. Um, Jarrell is just going to open the door. The moment you touch your hand to the door, it yeah. does swing right open. Yeah. Uh, you can see that Shalandria is standing there with a company of paladins, and, and another group of them are coming up the stairs now carrying a large, like, wooden and iron battering ram that they see that the door is open now, and they just you see them go, Oh, come on! And they're, like, just, like... <laughs> they they, they start... haul this thing up <laughs> five flights of stairs. <laughs> we gave them the best gift of all, anti-climax. And now Jarrell's standing there. You can see Shelly's looking into the room, and she sees that there is a headless corpse of someone wearing regal, like, you know, holy armor. And she just looks at you and says, Jarrell, Jarrell, what have you done? Um, so Jarrell will just be direct with her. Um, we were sent here by Popeson. As I told you, when we arrived, we came up to meet with Bronson, and he attacked us. Uh, my divine sense told us he was not human, uh, but we tried to capture him, and he teleported himself to another dimension. <laughs> um, and I'm going to roll a persuasion. You should that. do that. Yes. <laughs> and it's okay. Um... So 22. Uh, yeah, that beats the inside of 16 that she rolled, and she just says, I... But I... Jarrell is trying to think of a way to prove it to her, um, and he's looking around the room. Now, is the orb still in... The, the orb's still set onto that, you know, like platform or like you know like plinth earth whatever it was on but um, it's inside the the cage and you can see the, the cage, cage right? the cage but the cage is you can see through it right that you can't even see that the cage is there until you touch it okay um so i will explain shelly come with me real quick we tried to capture him in this and jaro will like put his hand and then take her hand and put it on um she recoils her hand because you know no touching um, but does follow your lead and place her hand on the invisible force barrier. Now, and if you'll just be patient with us, it's got about, and Jarrell like looks at around for like what would be a watch or a time, about 27 <laughs> minutes left on it. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, I just... 
this is this is a lot to take in. Also, who is who is dead? Who did you murder? It was me. <laughs> you can see it like quite a bit like me. You can see like her like her eyes almost cross as she's like trying to like <laughs> make sense of all of the things that you're saying. Do you know what a doppelganger is, Shelley? I've read about them in books. Well, it appears I'm better than mine. You had a doppelganger in your in our very midst here. Yes, he attacked me. He was quite powerful, but I again bested him. Then he was a green skeleton, and then we bested him a second time. <laughs> what do you mean a green skeleton? He came back as a skeleton. Or a skull head? Something oh like that. Oh my, and she starts looking around, and she starts, like, 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 um reciting like blessings and prayers like to try to reconsecrate the space because now she just learned that an, an undead has walked in the midst of the holiest place that she knows uh Jarrell is kind of like poking around while she's doing that and saying where did that hand go um and he's just kind of what scanning hand? the room what is happening there seems to be a right hand on the loose and <laughs> Jarrell will do his terrible investigation, I suppose. Well, your divine sensory turned up nothing. Right. So I, I would know because that hand was either a fiend. It was a fiend, right? Well. It was part of a fiend. <laughs> it was part of a fiend, yes. So I don't know if that counts as its own fiend when it's... Well, seeing as how it was able thing. to get up and walk away even when it was not attached to the body, then... It's 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 safe to say that it's definitely a living thing, whatever it is, or right. unliving, whatever it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And you don't you do not detect it. Okay. But he's still like poking around, like like looking underneath things and like lifting the carpet. Find, yeah, because we have twenty seven minutes in your mind as well. <laughs> twenty six minutes now, I bet. Um. <laughs> The you know the rest like a lot of the company of like these sort of paladins and trainees you know started to fill fill in the room a little bit and start taking stock and you see one of them collects a blood sample from the dead headless well a, 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 a sectioned off body that is laying across the floor. Um, it's in multiple pieces now. Yeah, <laughs> it's been well, halved. It's, it's been headed. And, and actually, headed, and then and, and then at one point, one of the paladins asks, uh, "Where is the head?" Did that run off too? Um, Jarrell's not gonna answer that. Horace <laughs> <laughs> casually makes eye contact with not a single person in the entire room. <laughs> looks at the ceiling and the floor and her own fingernails. As I recall, it did more of a rolling than a walking, but we seem to have lost track. We must find it. We must identify this this doppelganger, this evildoer. Head pipe up. Have you ever heard or, or seen a doppelganger? They can change. Their face can be manipulated to whoever controls it. This thing could look like whatever it wanted to look like. I watched them change before my eyes. This so-called Bronson, 
He was just trying to kill Jabrell from the get-go and created his worst nightmare. Unfortunately, he failed. He did happen to get away. We have no idea where this character is, but I guarantee you that wasn't your Bronson. Jeez, but I've known Bronson all my life. I just couldn't imagine he would do anything like this. Uh, Jarrell puts his hand on Shelly's shoulder and says, I assure you, that wasn't the real Bronson. The she problem whacks your hand is... Away. She whacks your hand away again, because no touch. <laughs> the problem is, the real Bronson is likely in grave danger. Um, and as Jarrell says that, he'll walk... Uh, I wanted to check out the doppelganger's sword. And mm-hmm. I want to pull that sword out of its sheath. It, wa- it was unsheathed, probably. Yeah, it's uh, laying on the ground. compare it to the actual Sword of Justice. So you pick up the sword? Mm-hmm. You feel this almost cold, um, like shooting pain go up your arm the moment you lift the sword. But now you're, and you feel your grip tighten around it. As if it's almost like your muscles are constricting and just like gripping, you're like white knuckling the sword now. And it's like your arm is actually almost starting to burn. It hurts a lot. Is the only way to identify it an arcana check, or can I do a religion check on this? Well, first you're gonna have first you're gonna have to like make me a um, Constitution saving throw. Okay. You feel okay? That's you know, he's literally like. I mean, it's more like one of those things where you're like holding on to it, and it's like literally like your arm feels like it's on fire. It's like yeah, you know. It's a twenty-two. Okay. Um, you still take 12 cold damage, but you are able to drop the sword. You said 12? Yes. So and you can see that you can you you can see that your like the skin on your arm, if you're able to see any skin that could be on your hand, uh, has like turned almost like purple. Like you were experiencing rapid onset frostbite. Uh, Jarrell will say, uh, nobody touched that. Um, and... <laughs> like, yeah, just pull your hand away like you just touched a hot stove, you know? Right. Uh, could I imagine, or assume this is the Sword of Injustice? <laughs> yeah, you can't, yeah, you just drop it to the ground. I don't know if it's a sort of injustice. It seems to be behaving like it's made out of, like, uh, you know, frozen nitrogen or something, though. Right. Um, ice. Shalandria, like, sees the reaction you have when trying to pick up this sword, and she just... She's starting to, like, piece it together now. She's like, well, you obviously encountered something very dangerous here. I'm inclined to believe you is... Since... Well, I... I just, I can't imagine you would just come here to assassinate the Osh Cleric. That just seems ridiculous. But it still doesn't explain what was happening. We must wait. We must wait until this 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 barrier is gone. We must examine what's what's going on. 
Philandria, something's been going on here for a long time. People down in the waiting area were acting like they were on a loop, that they just kept performing these mindless tasks over and over again. Hell, I'm sorry, I let Boris and Quinn up here only because I knew something was wrong, and the only reason the door opened up was because I prayed to Valen. Something was happening here where these people were not acting on their own accord. They were, they were almost programmed. And whoever was pulling the strings, I think, just skedaddled by scratching a line in the universe and crawling through the hole. I've never seen anything like this before, but there's a reason why this is the only structure of a temple survived in, in Highland. She says, stranger things have happened. So it is not out of the realm of possibility. However, I would urge you to remain in High Rock until we can get this mess sorted out. And we have to figure out what to tell to the people. They're already, you know, at a boiling point. If we tell them that the Arch Cleric, some, or the acting Arch Cleric is somehow some evil agent, then that's not going to go over well, and whatever good faith the Church has left will soon dissolve. This is the last bastion of faith in Teldoria. We must see to it that it does not fall. We must see to it that the people do not lose their faith, as many already have. I mean, as an outside observer here, I'd suggest maybe giving your people some food that might help them receive the news a little better. We are trying, but they must accept veiling into their hearts or else they will never be, never be able to be saved. You've seen the madness that runs through our streets. They must be purified in her holy light. And I'm restore not sure order. The best method of purification here, though. So food, maybe get them to come in and accept Valen on some full stomachs, and then tell them about your arch cleric. Don't think I've tried that. They will not listen to reason. The the, the lunatics ranting and raving about how the world is godless have poisoned their minds and turned them against us. You've seen the rabble in the streets. You've seen what it's like out there. I do not want this to come to violence, but I don't know what to do in order to protect our last bastion of our faith. I hope you, I, I need you to understand this. Jarl will say that is precisely what we are working on, and removing those two fiends was step one. Shalandria, first and foremost, I think it's safe to say you are the only person we trust in Hyrak right now. And I think in order to keep the faith, we need to increase the faith. I think the more followers, more faithful followers there are in High Rock right now, there's going to be, you know, a harder time for whoever is trying to destroy it. But that's exactly what we've been trying. Do you have any better ideas of how to spread the faith, how to restore people's faith in Valen? They need an example. They need an example of Valen. And I don't know, I, I look at Jarrell every morning when he wakes up, 
just creeping on me. <laughs> the second and I that... wake up, it's just Edric. I watch Shoel <laughs> wake up every morning. <laughs> but it's okay, we left the blasphemers on the other side of the ocean. <laughs> well, dagnabbit, if he doesn't just approach each day bright-eyed and bushy-tailed with the glowing faith of Alan. But is that enough to convince thousands of people we we see on the streets shouting that the gods are dead and all is lost? Let me ask you this, Shalandria. Would Valen try to convert them by starving them out? No, but she would want no. law in yeah, order to prevail. There's your yes or no answer. No, Valen would not try to convert them by starving. And it's not that I'm intentionally starving anyone. I feed as many people as I can every day, but those who are coming in... You. How about the rest of the church infrastructure? We only have so much to give. Do you now? We have to feed the mouths of our own people in the campus as well. All of the new recruits and all of the trainees and the stewards and the... So... If we were to, say, ask for the storerooms to be opened for a quick little audit, we wouldn't find any massive hordes being uh, stored away, uh, not in the hands of the people, would we? You shouldn't. No, not to my knowledge. From what I, you know, from what I know, and from the people who bring me, you know, the things I need to run the soup kitchen every day. I mean, we're we're running on, you know. What little we, what little supplies we have left. Don't forget, it's not like we've had any new supplies come into the city in quite some time. Everyone has been, all, all trade routes have sort of slowed down ever since all the unrest happened. People are scared to do business here. Jarrell. Boris, Boris pulls a tiger steak out of her pocket and literally slaps Schlandry in the face with it. <laughs> tiger steak. <laughs> you gotta no, jump I to it. so damn it. It's like little Mike. So like, like throws it at her face, so it like smacks her in the face. <laughs> I tried. I was building to something, and I tried so hard. It's okay. See, Nicole doesn't. Uh, Nicole or, or Boris, for that matter, does not know Shelly from High Rock just yet. She about she's hard. about to. <laughs> um, the you know tiger stay kind of sticks for a second, and then slowly slides down her face stains her, you know, white clothes. And she stands there, stunned for a moment. You can see that her pale complexion slowly becomes more and more red with rage. You can see that she's clenching her fists and looking down. Her body begins to shake a little bit as she's, like, trying to hold in the anger that is now bubbling up to the surface and she just shoots you a glare Boris and says where did you get that and why did you throw it at me she says through gritted teeth well, if you've only got a few of them, I figured you needed it back since I found a bin full of them in your storeroom with all the other food. She, like, picks it up and, like, examines it, and she's like, 
What is this? And she looks at the paladins. What is this? Where did this come from? I've been making soup from scraps and old vegetables. Um, yeah, yes, zero, this... zero turns to the head paladin and looks very pointedly. The lady asked for an answer. Time to produce. Um, and as she's holding it out, though, after a few moments, you see that this perfectly preserved steak just completely dissolves in her hands into liquid. And melts to the ground. And she just goes, what? What? What kind of trickery is this? Boris pauses for a moment, thinks about the liquefying steak, and immediately rips all of the other food out of her pockets as fast as possible. <laughs> so, so Boris is now like emptying like pounds and pounds of the like food. Oh, please make sure you don't take the head out too. Just the food. Just the food. That went into a different pocket. pocket. Okay, I'm glad you can tell which pocket's which pocket. Not my head. Just empty all your pockets. I keep Um, my bubblegum cigar as well. And, like, everyone is kind of just sitting there in bewilderment as, like, you, this, like, short 12-year-old or 13-year-old girl, is now opening up these tiny pockets in her armor and pulling out large amounts of supplies. And yes, again, after a few moments, all of them dissolve into dust and liquid. Like the vegetables dissolve into just like powder and all the meats dissolve into just like a bloody mess. I guess Boris turns to Shalandria and goes, you really didn't know about this? This is, what is happening today? I mean, I thought you were starving your people, so I stole this to give to them, but apparently I very much misread this situation. You stole from the holy stars of the campus of... I... I need to sit down. Oh, here, you should take this too, and I throw her the head. (laughs) She, like, bobbles it for a minute, and then just, like, throws it on the ground. And she, like, but then, like, but then she sees it on the ground, and it's the head of Bronson with a mustache painted on it, and she's like, This is the Archcleric! Blasphemers! Take them to the dungeons! Nope, saw that coming. <laughs> um, and you are now surrounded by at least 30 paladins, as they are all rounding you up to cuff you and bring you to the dungeons for patricide. Um, again, Jarrell will put his hand out. Now, you do recall that we were fighting a doppelganger, correct? But I... But it's... That is its head. Why would you go through the trouble of painting a disguise on it? I don't know, ask Hedrick. And Jarrell's going to roll another persuasion. Please do. (laughs) Alright, that's really good. 27. (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, 26 oh I'll just squeak by on that one <laughs> she just said she like pauses for a moment she's like wait 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 hold on hold on hold on 
you're right. May I may have been a little too hasty. It's just this is this is a little too much to take in. Uncuff them, please. Just just give us just give us a moment. In fact, just give us give us a moment, please. Please leave. And she like ushers everyone else to leave. It's probably we almost had enough time for the the uh, orb to be unblocked. I feel like this has been going on for a while. It's been going on for about ten minutes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll say there's just a couple minutes left. Just like I like the I like where this conversation's going. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, she just kind of like, you see her, like trying to like s- slow her breathing down, and like just calm herself. She's you know she's even like talking to herself a little bit. She's like, you're better than this. The blasphemers aren't here. Just don't take it out on them. You know, <laughs> she's just like kind of coaching herself through it now. And then finally looks up and she says, Okay, we need to clean this mess up and we need to investigate what's going on beyond this barrier. So we will wait. And cue like some silly music or whatever for a moment while we wait the next like five, ten minutes for the barrier to dissipate. Is there any like comical noise that happens once it's gone? Like when the spell ends? Hedrick, I'm gonna give, leave it up to you. Uh, well, I would think uh, you might hear a faint uh, music box version of Hedrick's Force Cage song. So if you could think of the little, um, yeah. and then it kind of like sizzles away. It's invisible, so you wouldn't really notice that, but I think because it was cast with music, that you might yeah, hear I was just yeah, just trying to see if there's any sort of indication, right, that it would have ended. So, okay, um, once that happens, you can see, you, as soon as the force cage disappears, there's a, probably like a beat one, two, and then that gooey mess that's on the floor from all the dissolved meats and vegetables coagulates into one solid mass of food. After that. After I notice the force cage disappears, it just happens like almost immediately. Yes. Yes. Whoa. Solid mass of food. Okay. Does it like? Are we talking like a giant hunk of meat, or is it like if an head that's like half blueberry, half banana, half meat, half bone, half fur, half like? It's a lot of halves, first of all, that you're listing there. So that's three and a half things. Um, it's it's kind of like that, and the, the way the best way I can describe it is that if this had two eyes and a mouth, it'd be looking at you saying, "Please kill me." It is grotesque and unappetizing. Oh. It's almost like a gigantic meatball has like formed in the room, right? That's just like like a combination of every piece of food that you pulled out of I'm here. I'm imagining Pizza the Hut from Spaceballs. Yeah. You know, that's actually a pretty apt. Yeah, except with that's, more fruits and less cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Shelly, your food problem solved. I, oh, she like wretches. It's okay. We have a clue. Something was separating the orb from the outside world, and the food no longer held shape. As soon as that barrier was removed and the orb is exposed to the outside world, once again, everything in its sphere of influence, and we're going to assume it's a relatively big sphere of influence, reconstituted all that food. You can hear now the marching of boots coming back up the stairs. Shelly, 
it, it appeared Bronson was particularly interested in that orb, and he had his hands on it uh, while he was casting some foul spiritual magic. It did not look like anything good or holy. It looked evil. Has that orb always been here, or do you know what that is? I don't come up here very often at all. It's not my place. This is way well, above my station. Boris also runs and closes the door quick, hearing the marching feet. You do that. The door is now closed. Uh, a few moments later, there is now a pounding again at the doors, and they are saying that you can hear a voice behind saying, Apprehend the blasphemers immediately. Um, yeah. Jarrell would like to do a religion check on the orb. A religion if check? Is it, would it really just be Arcana? Would that be the only way to do it? I mean, that's probably going to give you the most information. A religion check is going to probably tell you if it has any religious significance. Yeah. I just don't have good Arcana. Mm-hmm. I mean, you may learn something from a religion check, but, like, what are you trying to discern about it, essentially? You know what I mean? Um... I'm trying to figure out, like, what it is, really. I mean, try your religion. Check, and I'll let you know what you can, you know, deduce. And then uh, another voice from behind the door. Grab the battering ram! And you hear that these dudes go, For fuck's sake, really?! <laughs> uh, 21 on the religion check. Um, this type of orb... You know that typically when it comes to divine magic orbs are not used to channel divine magic through. That's usually a holy symbol or something inscribed with a holy symbol. You see no holy symbol or no bearance of a holy symbol on this orb okay. at all. So to your knowledge, this has no religious significance. Um, Gerald will turn to Quinn. Uh, I don't want to touch it. Can you use uh, your magic hand and pop it into Boris's pocket again? Uh, he, yep. So uh, Quinn casts Mage Hand mm -hmm. and does what Jarrell asked me to do. Yeah, the orb seems to be fastened somehow uh, and stuck fast into this plinth that it's like set into. So, like, your mage hand, you know, applying whatever, like, 10 pounds of lift, essentially, right, um, is unable to remove it from it being set into there. So you kind of see, like, you know, like the you know, hamburger helper hand or whatever. Actually, what does your mage hand look like? I just always imagine it looking like the hamburger helper hand. Um, it's, it's pink. It's pink? Yeah. Does it, like, look, like, more cartoonish? Or does it look yeah, more, like, wispy kinda, and magical? It kind of has, like, a... Like, um... I don't even call it pink. Like, it just kind of has, like, a hue to it. Actually, knowing <laughs> Quinn, it probably has, like, dainty fingers, too, because Quinn. Yeah, it's not It's not super... I, I didn't want to, like, be super... Yeah. So it, it just... It kind of, like, just... It's very... Well... Well manicured. <laughs> okay. No, great. That's it's perfect. Um, yeah, so, yeah, this, like, little pink, like, spectral hand. It's, like, trying to, like, you know, pull this thing off, but cannot. Mm-hmm. How large is the plinth that it's attached to? Um, it's only the, the plinth itself stands about, let's see, 
maybe four and a half feet tall. And then the orb then sits on top of that. Can Jarrell lift the plinth? No, that's like actually set into the. Okay, to the I was here. gonna put the whole plinth in your pocket. Boris like kind of climbs it out of the up. ground. Boris climbs up the plinth, opens a pocket, and just kind of like belly flops off the side of the plinth, encasing it and the orb in her pocket. But then being like, I guess stuck at the ground beside it because it's yeah, like, you're stuck up. You're do. stuck now upside down. But the with... orb is technically in my pocket. Yes, and the yeah. knocking stops. I, I had a feeling that was going to happen. <laughs> and then you can hear a voice, you can, and, 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 and you can hear a voice from behind the door saying, What are you doing with the battering ram? Bring that back downstairs! And you, and you hear the guys go, Come on! You know what? Fuck this job. <laughs> John Rell, I, I think this is just like when we destroyed that that giant brain of that mudget fella. There was an orb there that you stabbed into with your sword and it destroyed him. Uh, Jarrell turns to zero. Should That was my next step. Should we destroy it? As much as it would probably serve us to keep this as a piece of evidence, we can't very well leave the Baron of Riverford uh, upside down over the top of it for an indeterminate amount. <laughs> feel like that tries to like air swim to spin herself so she can see the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of like just like put your hands out. You're kind of like handstand walking. You know what I mean? Like to like turn yourself around. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm gonna go out on a limb, I'd say we're probably better killers than detectives. So. Uh... I'm still going to say that uh, leaving her draped over the top of our piece of evidence indefinitely might not be the best procedure. That's uh, Jarrell will pick up Boris and like pull her uh, like all the four feet up off of it. That said, I was going to say we're not a very arrestable bunch. And if these people really try to press the issue, it's going to end very badly for some people in this place. And it's probably not going to be us. Shalandria uh, walks over to where Boris is now encasing the orb, and she says, There is obviously foul magic at play. It's, I, I've been able to put that together here. If you don't mind staying in that position for a moment, I would like to maybe try to say a prayer and try to consecrate the ground here. Hopefully some something good can come out of it. And so she oh, kneels. Oh, yeah, take your time. Pray away. So she kneels before the altar and effigy of Valen that's set into the back here. Um, she's speaking in, she's praying in multiple languages. Um, and after about 30 seconds, um, you can start to see like a, a golden aura almost start to shimmer over her skin. And then there's a bright flash of light that emanates from her. And she stands up and turns towards all of you with her eyes like glowing bright white like, like you can't even see her pupils or irises anymore it's just like glowing golden light and you hear the voice of Valen speak through her mouth Jarel, our time is short my champion this is the gravest of grave times 
I am fighting a battle that I cannot hope to win alone. The old gods have perished. I have taken their power. They have, with their dying breaths, bestowed it upon me, and I fight Vecna and his armies in the divine plains alone. You must help me. You and your companions are the only ones who can stop this. A chain of events has been set in motion that cannot be stopped now, and I fear if we, if you cannot find a way to ascend, there will be no Tal'Doria to call home anymore. This is our gravest hour, Jarell. Destroy the orb. Destroy any traces of Vecna you can see and seek the path to ascension. You and you alone can do this. And then she turns to Zero. And Zero, before I go, it is time you realized the true uh, potential of your powers. And Shalandria places her hand on your shoulder and you feel this rush of magical energy surge through all of your joints and like you know like constructed like tubes and like everything that you're made of just like you feel this like almost burning fire within you and um, for a brief moment you sprout wings of fire that then disappear and fade away into embers and with that flash of light Shalandria returns back to herself and she says did you feel that be difficult not to yes what happened I feel like I lost control well you've managed to succeed at uh, what our good friend Paladin here has been uh, attempting to do for uh, quite a bit yet you good lady managed to channel the Lady Valen and she like immediately drops down again to her knees and like you know frantically begins praying and like offering her thanks to you know Valen for you know using her as a vessel and blah 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 like she's just now going on and on like what did she say what did she tell you to do uh Jarrell will just say uh this and again begin removing Boris uh from the plinth Another then... shout! Another shout from the door! Arrest the blasphemers! Gather the battering ram! Not this shit again! <laughs> <laughs> the sword of justice out, um, swinging. He's just gonna keep hitting it until he destroys it. Yeah, uh, I can imagine just Jarrell just like rage swinging it, just like Aah! just like smashing right. it to pieces. Yeah, you destroy it. You smash it into a fine dust with every slice of your sword of justice like you can see beams of light you know just kind of carving it like it still keeps its shape and you can just kind of see like you're almost like creating this cross section of slashes across the entire orb until eventually you know like that light just begins to spread and it just shatters into pieces and you can bring the battering like... ram downstairs again <laughs> back downstairs you actually hear the sound of a bunch of bodies collapsing 
there's sort of a still silence now that the orb has been shattered after those and after the sounds of bodies collapsing in the hallway. Um, Shelley is just still knelt in, in prayer and is just hoping, you know, that this is the end of it for now. Um, what do you guys do now? Are there windows? Um, <clears throat> there's there's a few small ones, like just like they're not even they're barely windows. They're just like you know holes cut in, right? Like looking out. There's there's, there's I actually see... I mentioned there was some stained glass and stuff like that as well. Um, I'm mostly just looking to like look out the tower at the square and see what the people are doing. Um, yeah, there's a vantage point for that. Um, you can see that all the people in the streets have, some of them have, a lot have dispersed. But um, from up here, it's kind of hard to see. They all look like ants. Okay. But there is, there are some people still on the streets, but there seems to be a lot less movement. Um, Darrell will go and put his hand on the door of the room. Um, it doesn't, it, it actually, like, almost just can swing, and actually you see a door handle appear now. Okay. Um, which way did it go? Did it come towards us, or did it go the other way? We always you know how the door opens, I'm not going okay, to be open. I opened the door the appropriate way. <laughs> yeah, you can see that <laughs> there's a column, that you can see that there is a column of paladins who are unconscious, lying on the ground, uh, six of them who are still carrying a battering ram. Do they appear to be asleep, or are they... Like, they are un they're unconscious. You can see that there is breathing happening. Okay. Does it appear like any of them's, like, their lives are in danger? Or any of them, like, breathing with a rest? Or, like, or they need a, you know... Make me a medicine check? Is okay. the battering Is the battering ram on any of their chests? Did it crush any of them? No. <laughs> it's a four plus a two. For medicine? <laughs> yeah. You know as much as that they are breathing and unconscious. Hedrick will pull out his loot. <laughs> and just start just start playing. Like hopefully maybe his music will help rouse some of these guys back on their feet. Um yeah, actually after a few moments some of them begin to like sort of groggily wake up and they you know hear your music and they kind of all like look around confused mm -hmm. and uh, what appears to be the commander I gave him a name didn't I and I didn't write it down certainly none of the heroes would have remembered it anyways it's a new guy now <laughs> uh, the commander that appears to have been leading this bunch um, the one who was in you know, shouting from beyond the door, the up, down, up, down with the, you know, battering, battering ram. ram. Stands up looking and just like kind of conf looks confused at Jarrell and into the room, you know, sees Shalandria and the corpse on the ground and a gigantic ball of unknown foodstuffs. Is it still uh, a ball of unknown foodstuffs now that the uh, orb that was sustaining it has been destroyed? Oh, no. Yeah, you're right. It's back to a puddle of blood and dust. Okay. Um, 
looks up and says, what? What happened? Captain, don't worry. We've destroyed the source of the evil in Commander. the sky. Uh, Commander. I'm so, the captain. Uh, apologies. Apologies. It appears that whatever was controlling you and your men was also uh, possessing the arch cleric. Um, we, we have destroyed a, a, a pillar of power here. We now need to investigate. We need a, a citywide assessment of what is going on now. Oh, he says, oh, my head. I... What day is it? How long have I been out? Um, since none of us actually established it, but in character we would know, Zero gives him an accurate accounting of the date. It's Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Yay. Something of whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows I mean, how much time this guy lost track of. I'm just saying it. Um, <clears throat> Zero just tells him accurately what day it is and what day of the month and all that. He says, I just, I don't even know how I got here. The last thing I remember... was the... the shrine to... Mistreff falling. Shalandria, how long ago did the shrine to Mistreff fall? Must have been a month or two ago. Okay. And she she looks at she looks him over. She says, "Are you are you saying you remember nothing from beyond? None of the none of the conversations that you and I had." And the commander just says, "No, madam. I do not. I I need to get my men down to safety. We need to take stock." Something terrible has happened here. Jarrell and company, join us at some point, will you? Um, we need to collect ourselves. Come on, men. He says, like, you know, rousing them, getting them up on their feet. On your feet! And he starts to guide them down the stairs. I suppose we would follow them down. There's nothing really more to do up here. Uh, Shalandria stops you actually before you guys follow. She says, wait, Jarrell. Um, I just want to say I'm sorry for my demeanor earlier. I, I'm also a bit confused as to why I seem to have not suffered any of the ill effects that my fellow faith have apparently been suffering under for months I I don't know what happened here but I suspect that well the the arch cleric popes and must must know about this immediately um, would you like me to send word back to Ardwall of what happened here um Jarl would send He's still trusting of Pope's and, um, and John knows that's probably not the smartest thing to do, but <laughs> Jarella would would send word to Pope's. And... Okay. Boris actually holds a hand up 
and says, maybe we should all collect all of our information before we send word, just so we know what to be sending and speak to your commander and kind of get a better idea of what's going on. That might be wise. You don't want to give him half the answer, correct? The Baron raises a good point. Uh, We need to be sending something that's a little fully fleshed out. Something else we may need to consider is that whom... uh, we would need to be able to trust whomever we uh, have uh, as our courier uh, a little more implicitly than normal as um, oh, to say I that there the are courtly cour- eyes might be. She says, I have the best, most trustworthy courier right here. And she kind of like puts her fingers to her mouth and whistles like a little, like almost like a, like a, like a lower, like a tone. And one of the ravens from the rafters flies down and, and lands on her shoulder. Are those uh, <clears throat> all of your your pets, Shelley? Well, they belong to the church. It's, it's interesting that you command these beasts and allow them into the temple, but that is quite a relationship you seem to have. Oh, it's one of the talents I must not have shared with you in our last conversation. I'm, I'm just a little curious for such an important place. It seems to me that from what we've seen with the doppelgangers and some of the other stuff I have seen in the company of these heroes, possession is a very real thing. And magical possession can be manifested into different creatures. Certainly prying eyes and other forms of being able to uh, disguise oneself. I'm just, I'm just a little curious as to your, your trust of these. Uh, are you saying such a holy place? Are you saying that Reginald here is a doppelganger? And she looks at the, the raven in the eyes. No. And it kind of like, it kind of like cocks its head to the side and like, you know, like looks at her with the, you know, her eyes are on the side of their head. <laughs> of course, it one, of course, it would be Reginald too. Um, well, I'm not sure how long you've been running with us, but. Um, Corvids and their uh, ilk have seemed to be, uh, how best to put this, straight shooters with us? More or less. She says, well, if you require any assistance then in your investigation, I will make sure that whatever resources I can spare and convince the church to spare will be at your disposal. Um, We are also currently without an acting arch cleric, so... Um, we'll have to sort this whole mess out. But I guess you're in charge. Yep. Well, she just she just like she like kind of like recoils. She's like, I, um, I wouldn't know. Uh, the first thing about uh, well, I, it's I mean, Shalandria, Shalandria. It's okay. Breathe. Look at me. By the power vested in me, it's Valen's avatar of war. I am naming you Acting Arch Cleric. You take care of people. Do what you do best. Take care of people. We're going to sort this out. And she just like kind of like looks around and she says, if needs must, well, I guess the first order of business is to get this mess cleaned up. I'll go get a few good men and we'll get this this thing sorted out. And you're the best Arch Cleric I've ever seen. 
<laughs> she blushes. He doesn't lie. <laughs> she 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 blushes like like I mean she is now like not not red with anger but now red with like you know just flush red with I wouldn't even call it embarrassment just like you know it's quite the compliment humility yeah you didn't want it Shalandria you'd have never asked for it and you'd have turned it down if anyone else would have told you to that's how we know you're perfect for the job <sighs> what a lovely sentiment and I think on that little note is where we are going to end this episode of the Hapless Heroes podcast and close out a our our, our uh, release our release schedule for the year of 2020. Um, I just want to say before we go into our usual spiel and outro that um, you know, in addition to just thanking you for listening to us, um, you know, this has probably been one of the most challenging years for all of us personally, and I think for maybe many of you listening as well. I think it would be I'd be hard pressed to find anyone who said that you know who would say that 2020 was a great year for them. Uh, you know, and we've had to pull a lot of strings and readjust a lot of the ways that you know we make this show happen and you know come to you in your living room or car or wherever you're listening to this and we just want to thank thank you to all for all of your support all the people coming in saying all these wonderful things about you know how the show has been helping them get through this year and to be honest with you it's been helping us get through this year too because it's a chance for us to escape from all the stressors in our lives for at least like an hour to an hour and a half or you know more you know every monday we gather um you know this we're going to probably take a two to three week break and we'll be returning back in 2021 in january with you know some more material uh, including you know uh some special episodes with you know one of our hundred dollar patron donors um it's going to be a great time you know it's going to give us some time to prepare and hopefully steal ourselves for what's going to be a crappy winter but hopefully you know a, a better year overall as you know the world hopefully heals from all this crap that we're going through today so i just want to say again thank you all for listening thank you for being a part of this journey with us thank you for giving us the time of your day uh, we'll still be on discord and all these places for you to interact with us you know as we enjoyed some of the holiday time with our families even though that may be remotely this year um, you know we hope and wish that you guys all enjoy your holidays and we can all together usher in a new year that's hopefully better and brighter than the one we just had. So that being said, if you like us, you can find us on the internet. We are found on such places as Twitter and Instagram at Hapless Heroes. You can search Reddit and Facebook for Hapless Heroes Podcast. Many of those places will just point you to, like I said before, the crown jewel of our internet presence, our Discord server, where most of us are actually hanging out all the time. You can meet and interact with us, other listeners, get in on the conversations that we're having about the show, about our free creatures at home, about, you know, hot topics of debate like pineapple on pizza and things like that, you know, just anything and everything. Um, we'd love to have you as part of our audience. It really just, you know, would brighten our day. Uh, and if you really, really like us, you can leave us a five-star review on the podcast service of your choice. That you know, anywhere that really offer, accepts reviews, you know, I think that they've changed the way. I, I just you know that reviews are offered in a lot of places. Just don't do that stuff anymore. Apparently, it's antiquated or whatever. But however you want to send us those kind words, we will make sure that 
you know, we read them and say some nice things back to you on the air. And if reviews aren't your thing, you can just drop us an email at haplessheroes at gmail.com. But now, if you really, really like us, you could donate to our Patreon. It's just patreon.com slash haplessheroes. We've got a whole fat array of rewards on there from unreleased audio to shiny rolls in our discord server and a special secret channel where you can go be snooty with all the other donors and raise your pinkies in the air with your golden nameplates um as well as like contents of james's notebooks from the first hundred episodes to everything we got a whole bunch of stuff on there and the, and this, the more i can find the more i'll add to it um yeah just patreon.com slash heroes check it out if you like us right now you love us <laughs> sally field correct and <laughs> the whole deal <laughs> um so i was gonna suggest making um a mount rushmore out of mashed potatoes um but i think that that would be too difficult so you can make you can pick the four favorite characters of the hapless heroes and make a Mount Rushmore out of any potato-based <laughs> substance of your choosing. If you really love us. Nice. I'm going to actually add a second one onto this since we're going to be leaving you guys with a few extra weeks to mull it over. Uh, I would love to see someone write a 12 Days of Christmas song, except it's 12 Days of Telduria in the style of Hapless Heroes. Nice. I, I think I just saw Phil already starting to write that. <laughs> he's, he's already got pencil to save it for the audience <laughs> someone's got to beat phil to it now that there's your challenge too <sighs> all right i'm gonna go ahead and outro this cast for the last time this year we've had the wonderful the amazing the ever powerful lord Jarrell the light played by john until next time phil playing the illustrious the talented hedrick the entertainer so long. Thank you. Nicole as the ingenious, the inventive, the impulsive Boris the Butcher. Thanks, everyone. My pockets feel so light now. <laughs> Mike as the ever humble Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. Of course. Always at your pleasure. And finally, rounding out this beautiful cast, Dave as the new and improved Zero, Valen's Avatar of War. Just like I told Shalandria to take care of people, I'm telling you, dear audience, take care of people. We'll be back soon. And I'm Francesco. I have been your host and DM. We will return next year. Until then, oh, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.